How we doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah? Ready, ready for round two? Oh, yeah. Got a lot of good topics today. All right. Well, welcome. Season two, episode 24 of Sports Banter with Mr. Peanut. And, of course, the polar bear. Come on. Oh, baby. We're going to go right after it, man. I want you to tell me what happened in the Bills-Vikings game. Oh, my God. I mean, well, let's just, you know, let's start it off here. Um, uh, you know, first and foremost, let's just let's just put this out there. The whole Tatis conspiracy theory of Josh Allen's elbow out the window. Out the window. Out the window. He, was, he played. He played very well. He played very well. And if that's in pain or through pain, God bless the man. He did very well. Um, you know, let's just <clears throat> talk about the game. I thought for you know the Vikings and the Bills. You know, the Bills went up quick. Uh, they were able to score, drive, move the ball, classic Bills. I don't think anybody questioned how the Bills were going to start out with the Vikings. I think everybody thought that was a pretty solid win, or excuse me, was expecting to be a solid win. And we saw that going through the game. I mean, I think, you know, fans in the the NFL, if you will, knew that that was going to be a big game, but I think – the favor leaned towards the bills and we saw that going toward going through the game. Um, now I don't want to put any knock on, uh, the Vikings, but you know, case or what case Keenum, <laughs> Kirk cousins throwing two picks in that game. I mean, that to me, that was expected. On brand. Yeah. yeah. It's on brand for Kirk cousins. Um, but something I did notice, and I don't know if you noticed this with Josh Allen, but, I'm just talking about the game at this point before we get to the whole shit show. Um, dude, he drops back like 20 yards before every play action pass, every even if he's already in the um, – he's dropped back. Yeah. He backs up. It, watch it. It is fucking fascinating. And, and I'm just going, dude, this guy is out of breath before he's even going to throw the football. And he <laughs> slings it. So, you know, just – Again, that was something I noticed. Um, Stephon Diggs, classic Stephon Diggs game. A huge game out of Devin Singletary, which, you know, I got to, you know, I'm going to step forward as a strong person and as, as a humble man. I talked a lot of shit on Devin Singletary early in the season to a lot of different people on this podcast and also to a bunch of other people I talk about football. I am eating those words um, with how well he started the game off. Mind you. It's a lot of football right. that we played, but <laughs> I digress. Now, let's get into the shit show that is towards the end of the game. Um, Whoa! <laughs> I mean, it's well. Let's let's start here with uh, the fourth down. It was like fourth and twenty. You figure nine point eight times out of ten, that's uh, incomplete pass. And really, it should have been. But Cousins just hucks it up. And Justin Jefferson. Dude. That catch was out of this world. 
It wasn't even like, – he didn't even have the ball and then just ripped it out of his hands as he's coming down. One, one-handed. One-handed. As in one-handed, kind of like tilted backwards, he's fully extended, and the defender actually has his own hand on the ball too. And then – so basically like comes to the ground simultaneously, but he has enough control on the ball where it doesn't hit the ground. It was unbelievable, and I after watching the replays, and a few people were texting me watching that game because that was as we'll get into the game of maybe the century, right? Which the Bills happen to be in a lot of these uh, in the coming years, but I go, is that the greatest catch ever? And I'm and I'm going, you know, that's easy. It's easy to just say like, yeah, it's the greatest catch ever. But I'm like, how how could it be better than that? Like the game's on the line. One-handed, defies physics, gravity, <laughs> any sort of uh, Newton's law. It was baffling. And then when that happened, I was like, oh. This could be one of these uh, bizarro destiny games that the Vikings pull out, if that's going to happen. Once well, that happens, it, you know, all holds barred. The Everything's thing, on the table now. The first thing I thought of was, you know, a lot of people bring back that Odell Beckham catch where he's like you know super oh, yeah. in the end zone this similar beats that by a thousand miles because Odell was, you know he's by himself in the end zone you know this was I am I mean you talk about Moss I mean this is this is on its own level no knock on Odell's catch his is incredible in its own way but this is like it's a different catch. It's like right. the angle, the like Odell makes that play, and like if he doesn't make it, nobody talks about it because it's like yeah, it's a that's a incredibly hard catch to make. Right. This one is like, there's just no way he should have done any oh, of that. I agree. Like there's the David Tyree catch against his helmet, oh, incredible yeah. play, Super Bowl allure. But this one's better than that too. It was just like. It was something I've never seen before, which there was many things I had never seen before as we continue to banter. <laughs> we'll dive into that. Dive into what happened next, if you will. Well, like I said, once that happened, it kind of, uh, well, I mean, it was the game for the Vikings. If they don't get that play, then it's Bill's ball. And then it would be, would have been truly over. That drive continues. They get down all the way to the goal line. First, on third and goal, uh, they did the play action pass to Dalvin Cook, who just like he was wide open, and right. then Cousins waited a little, and then Cook like fell over his own feet, bobbled the ball, <laughs> like he did everything in his power to uh, fuck that up, and it was it was actually incredible because I was like, oh, he's open, he's gonna walk in, touchdown, and then there, there go the legs, is he's looking everywhere, ball's coming, boom. <laughs> Just, it was like, take a breath, dude. If you just did something normal there, that's a touchdown. But even so, it was fourth and goal on, like, the inch line. Right. And they did a sneak, which I I agree with the play call there. I think if you can't get an inch, then forget it. Right. Um, And the Vikings did not get an inch. And I thought upon, like, right when I was watching the play live, I was like, he didn't get in. Because, I mean, just the way Cousins went about that quarterback sneak was just so, like, 
Kirk Cousins. Passive. Passive. Like, he's like, it was eh. a Kirk Cousins. It was, you know what? I, I saw it as. Go straight, like, you fool. I saw it as like, oh, I'm just going to be able to fall in. And. Yeah, it was like he almost was waiting for like Cook to like push him in. And that's how he's going to score. But he himself kind of moved, but not really. It was it's right. like, you got to put a little more effort than that, dude. Granted, you got. Granted, he got a couple of nose tackles, you know, diving right in the middle, but still, it's an inch. Or you do the Matt Stafford and you jump over and you just put the ball over. Drew Brees. But anyway, he was short. And, um, yeah, so they reviewed it. And I was like, again, a huge side qualm. We're still doing this thing in the NFL where we have to, like, see if he's in the end zone in a scrum and like only from the pylon view like that's the only view we have yeah it drives me insane it's 2022 put a chip in the ball it would be just so simple put a chip in the ball put a chip on the goal line none of that none of these views matter anymore because if you notice they never overturn any of those calls because you can't see anything (laughs) so whatever they call in the field is what it's going to happen a chip in the football that might be a that might be its own conversation. It's revolutionary, but like now I'm thinking even deeper. It's like if I can think of that, then why haven't they done it? And I think there's a reason for that. I think they'd rather do it this way for well, whatever they'd have Roger monetary Bell's purpose. Hand in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll allow you to take it from there. And then and thus you would have thought you would have thought that was the end of the game. And thus. It turns into, you know, the Bills ball, and we go for a quarterback sneak to get us out of the end zone. And it is worse (laughs) than the butt fumble or on par with the butt fumble. I, oh, my God. I I mean, this is my thing. Is is that football was never in Josh Allen's hands, which is (laughs) fucking remarkable. The fact that you – like, I, this is my thing. You know, I've had, a couple, I've had a couple days to finally digress. Yeah, you seem too – you're way too calm about it. We should have done a live I, reaction on Sunday. Shit. No, 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 no. I mean, I texted you, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> and, Yeah, I didn't know what to say. I was in pure shock. Oh, pure dude. shock. I think my face looked a lot like, What? What are they doing? <laughs> I verbally said, you got to be fucking kidding me. And but, yeah, it wasn't just that he fumbled the snap. I mean, the Vikings covered, picked it up for a touchdown. Yes, that that right there was my biggest issue was, well, one, why the – Yeah, you're damn straight it was. It, it should have just been in Josh Allen's hands. But to – I mean – it was all fucked up. It was all fucked up. It you just, you it, can't you cannot allow that to happen if you're the Bills. Yeah. All you, and we've seen that play before where like the other teams on the opposing like inch line after a goal line stop, you gotta sneak it and you gotta just get that yard to get out of there. But what? I've and like I was telling you when we were texting, I go, I've never actually seen a team do what just happened. I've never seen that before. Especially with like if they if he does get one yard, the game's over. Because then he can just take the knee, and yeah. the Bills win the game. And Bills Twitter, uh, talking about fumbling the bag. Uh, they they after the goal line stand, they tweeted out 
uh, that's called game or something like that. Like oh, game shit. over. I didn't see I that. Like, that's tough. Delete oh. that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, just I already have a problem with commentators during games. But after that fumble and the touchdown recovery by the Vikings, nonstop were the commentators going, well, that's why you just got to take the uh, safety there. Uh, you just got to take it. It's like, shut the yeah. fuck up. Why the <laughs> fuck would I give them points? Oh, yeah, I'm going to sit there and just, you know, sit there and jerk it in the end zone and just be like, yeah, sure, I'll take the two points. No, asshole. I don't know who the fuck was saying that, but that pissed me off the most. Oh, well. You know, you gotta, you just gotta take the two points. You just, you, that's what happens. It's like, yeah, Josh Allen, he he wanted to fumble the fucking football and cause it. <laughs> fucking idiot! Oh, I was so pissed. Yeah, that was a historic blunder. But uh, the game continues, and by some miracle, they actually drive right back down the field, and it, it has to be addressed. The uh Gabe Davis catch on the sideline. Oh my how does that not how does that not get reviewed? I swear to God, if that's the Bears, they're on it immediately. Like, oh no, 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 no. And it's like in this day and age, like you know that if there's a questionable catch on the sideline in the last minute, the refs are so quick to like whoever's in charge of that thing, they buzz them. It doesn't matter how quick you get to the line, like they always stop it. And then, you know, right upon the replay, you could see he was juggling it a little. I thought he still might have had it. Um, but he was definitely like, uh, he's bobbling it. You're going to have to look at it. So right. the fact that the Bills just got a playoff and were, like, already in field goal range, it was, it was shocking. I mean, well, can the NFL get their shit together? Like, you're either on top of the replay shit or you're not. You're either calling P.I. or you're not. Make a decision of what this league is. I I completely agree. I the catch was and and look, me being a Bills fan, I'm 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 glad the catch was there. But the whole time I'm thinking about the scenario, I'm looking at everything surrounding that catch. Like there were two referees within like five fucking yards of the catch. How do those two guys not go, hey, maybe we should talk about this? Yeah. And Did then you see him bobble it? Uh yeah. Yeah, and then number two, like, again, this might be where uh, a more seasoned um, coach with the Vikings, like, try to do a – try to, uh, you know, flip transitions or get different personnel in because then the ref has to – he has to stop, which I fucking hate. I already hate that in football, that – okay, we're going to stop everybody so everyone can be on the field and we can have everyone be a part of this. No, motherfucker, we're running, we're moving quickly. So that, like, with how the rules are in in football right now where you have to set the ball, the ref has to set the ball and wait for the other team to create their personnel, get in and out. Maybe you have a defendant or a defensive coordinator see that and go, hey, make a transition so we can have a break for our guys and maybe the NFL can make some sort of fucking decision on that was not a catch because we've seen it before where refs will call before oh, the yeah. ball snap, blow the fucking whistle and say, Hey, this has got to be reviewed. Yeah. We're taking a look at it. That, right. that was the most confusing part. It's like, yeah, I, agree. Right, I agree. You know, it's questionable. 
and you're just gonna like let it go. Well, okay. and that's like a that's like a first time in like ten years they haven't just aired on the side of replay. So that was bizarre. Well, and that worked why- out in the Bills' favor. It did, and I even texted you that. Like, Roger Goodell had a hand in that. Like, he said, no, 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 uh, keep going. It was bizarre. It was weird. Very, it is very bizarre how that doesn't get reviewed. Like, And that's not even really talked about. And it's like, but why didn't they review it? Why? you? They review way way less shit than that. Right. When, I, when I'm pretty sure it was incomplete, by the way. But anyways. Uh-huh. We, we got topics to address. We can't be on the bills for now. No, no, no. Well, I mean, it, it's one of the... But yeah, we're not even done yet because they do get the field goal and then uh, the Vikings win the toss. They go down and I thought they were going to score a touchdown. They, (laughs) you know, as Kirk Cousins does, blows it on the, as closer, closer they get, the more Kirk Cousins puts in his own hands, end up kicking the field goal. Bills, Bills drive all the way down. And then what the hell is Josh Allen doing? Oh man. Another another moment where I'm watching it and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> right, right. The fact that, you know, okay, just I've said it before and I'll say it again. The behind the quarterback camera view is the best fucking camera view in the NFL. Hard disagree. Hard disagree. I don't like really? it. I saw you, I saw you post that. I yeah. Like, no, yeah. no, don't listen to him. <laughs> Yes, because who watches this bullshit over here? You see everything. And you know what? The best angle for that pass was behind the fucking quarterback, Mr. Peanut. Well, all we would have seen is an awful decision. and which oh, was Yeah, obvious. exactly. No, hey, I agree <laughs> with that. I agree with you. But at least we fucking saw it and not, oh, uh, what happened? And then I don't know. Go, who the fuck threw that? I don't know what he think he saw, but there's no reason that you forced that ball in there when it's first or second down. I can't remember which down it was, but it was the beginning of that series. And when he threw it, I was like, he must be wide open because he just slung it right over the middle. Yeah. And yeah, Patrick Peterson was wide open for the Vikings. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, you can't even actually see a receiver close to, so maybe it's miscommunication or something, but I mean, to drive all the way down after everything that had happened and then you just, you decide that you're throwing it over the middle and hoping for the best. Number one, I think that's why Josh Allen has thrown so many picks this year. It's like he's not going through the reads and like uh, he's forcing balls. He's forcing it exactly. That's the that's the word. He's forcing it when he doesn't have to. He's a great quarterback. It's like yeah. take what they give you, and you don't have to force anything because you are good. But so like take the down. take the incompletion. Maybe uh you know. Like, just take the ball and run for four yards on that play. Live to play another day. But with that loss, I mean, it was a huge loss for the Bills. Yeah. Because they went from top of the division to a sixth seed now, which yeah. there's a ton of football left. But it kind of just – it creates that uh, urgency, I guess, in the Bills' locker room now. that They got to put their shit together. They're losing games they should. So the Bills, blue <laughs> chow all over the field. Oh, yeah. And from an outsider's view end of, you know, the Vikings are in the Bears division, but, like, I don't really care. It's like, they, they don't do shit. We don't do shit. We all hate the Packers. It's all good. Right. <laughs> um, but from the outsider's view end, I mean, just an incredible finish. Like, that was one of the best football games I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. In terms of the finish. But 
Uh, real quick here on the Bears, a little update from Mr. Peanut himself. Uh, just another L, just another day at the office. Um, it did hurt. The Lions are beating us now, so that sucks. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, come on, missing a field goal that that not a, not a field goal, extra point, and that was like Sorry. I texted extra my point. I texted my brother and my dad right there. We go, we're gonna lose by one. And that's exactly what occurred. But, you know, L's really this year don't matter to me. So I've talked about it a million times. It does not matter this year. We could lose 14 games. We could lose nine games. Like, we're going to lose uh, more than we win probably. So, again, Justin Fields. Whoa. Whoa, dude. The guy's electric. I don't know what else to say. Like he, six, I mean, look at all the rushes he had. Look at the touchdown rushes he had this weekend. He is the only reason I get excited to watch the Bears on Sunday because it ain't the defense. That this is, I'm a defensive guy. This is like the worst effort-wise defense I've ever seen the Bears put together, which is usually like our thing. Yeah, we have never had a quarterback who is like week in and week out just putting up numbers and being an athlete and making plays. Right. I mean, there's there's the 67 yard touchdown run, which I literally I went to get like water, and I came back and it was like touchdown, and it, they had already like celebrated and shit. And I go, whoa, what? And I go and I just see the replay, another just massive run, which uh, in fantasy he's absolutely carrying my squad in uh, my dad's league. So shout out to Justin Fields there for putting <laughs> me back into relevancy. Um, but the other touchdown run I'm thinking is when it was third and goal and he was going to throw the out to Mooney and he gets rushed and he spins around and he goes right and then he curves left and then he runs over the defender. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I don't know. I've never had a quarterback like him who was just like an incredible athlete, very fast. He's getting better every week. So we lose, but Justin Fields can, does it again. So I'm stoked on that. Dude, I'm, just like I said earlier, his rushing touchdowns were phenomenal. And the one like you just talked about, the one where he was third and goal and rushed right in and just rocked that defender. <laughs> I mean, come on. And, but where he ran that 67 yard out, it's dude, that play where you had, I don't know who was in front of him, kind of draw some guys out, almost make it look like a pitch. And then he just cruises up. I mean, that again, I know you I know the defense didn't play very well but at least you have that confidence as a Bears fan that Justin Fields is, you know, solidifying himself as the future of the franchise. And to this point, to that point, you know, a lot of people are looking at the future of the NFL and what the quarterbacks will look like. Josh Allen is definitely on the forefront of that conversation. You know, Patrick Mahomes, things like that. In my personal opinion, Justin Fields is definitely throwing his – his name into the hat, and after Sunday's performance, win or lose, Justin Fields had an exceptional game. Yeah, and I, I think that's the best part about it, what you just said, is that he's throwing his name in the hat of, like, first of all, an electric player and a quarterback that's going to continue to get better and gives him right. gives his team a chance to win. So that feels great. I mean, this like I said, this year's roster, if you just look at it as an outsider, I mean, it's not a good team. We have – I like our running backs and I like fields and 
a young O-line that could be good, but it's just like a lot of question marks. You don't know which guys are going to still be there in two years other than Justin Fields and um, probably just Justin Fields. I don't know. <laughs> but um, the fact that he's playing so well, I think it changes the strategy of next year and the year after that. So I guess that's where I'm at as a Bears fan is he is at least establishing – an alignment for the front office to go, all right, well, we've got our guy and that's the hardest thing to get in football. So now let's put some weapons around him. Let's go get some veterans on defense and let's try to put a run, an actual run toward this, which like I talked about last week is they have a ton of cap space in the off season. So he gives us a chance to be better in the future. And that's, what's exciting to see. And if he continues to play on this level where teams are preparing for all this stuff and he's still doing it then we're talking this guy's special as shit and that would be incredible so even i just hope i just hope he keeps rolling stays healthy and doesn't get too discouraged that this team is trash moving forward uh jeff saturday we haven't talked about this yet he uh is the interim coach for the indianapolis colts former pro bowl center former uh you know, Super Bowl champion, the whole nine. They beat the Raiders. Um, I was all in. I, I love uh, I love Saturday's approach. Did you listen to his introductory press conference? Oh yeah, it was unbelievably fantastic. <laughs> he was he was broing people left and right. Yeah, he said maybe maybe I suck, maybe I don't, and if I do, well then I'll see you. <laughs> you know, I think the whole, you know, let's just look at it as a microcosm of information here but the whole situation with him and you know how he was hired how he got into his position I do agree with a lot of what other coaches have said like you know where the fuck does this guy come from and get that job I mean there's guys out there that have worked their whole life to get that potential position if even if anything just a shot at that and you know it it I can't remember. I think I was talking to someone at work about this and I said him getting that position literally shows everyone in the world that if you are getting a job, it is about who, you know, it is not about anything else anymore. Which is the truth. That's totally the truth. Totally. It is the (laughs) truth, but that is a, like to put it on a pedestal, like it was. And again, it's pissed a lot of people off. It's a lot of people are like, who gives a shit? You know, I'm on that side. Right. Although like, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And and I, I, I guess I feel for the guys out there, you know, that are working their ass off, the guys that are barely getting paid anything to yeah. and everyone's building that, climbing that ladder. But I understand that part of it and I feel bad, you know, but he is an interim head coach. It's in the middle of the season. You got to hire someone quick and fast. There's no That's other what coach. I was going to say is yeah. uh, since it's an interim basis, I don't think it's fully like the backlash is warranted because it is interim. And it's like, well, we got to put somebody in here. Usually it is like the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator in like 99% of the case or special teams coordinator. Um, so that is a bizarre side of it. But yeah, I mean, that was part of Saturday's whole deal. He's like, I'm coming in as an interim coach. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this or not, but, like, I'm up for the challenge. He asked me for help. I'm going to help. Like, I care about this franchise, this community. Um, 
So I think he's going about the right way, saying a lot of the the, the right things. And I listened to his post game, uh, like locker room speech. And I mean, he, he does have a solid voice behind him. So maybe him and Ursay like know each other on a, a different level. But when he was talking to the team, I was like, okay, that's definitely a guy that players would like to play for. Just you know, and being an next player and uh, you know a successful one helps him a lot in that regard too. So. It's, it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works. And, you know, let's say he does have a winning record and he becomes a Colts coach. Does that cause problems in the future? Probably for people that want, uh, you know, an opportunity like that that comes out of thin air. But then again, it's like, well, if he goes seven and one, like maybe Ursay was right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I, I like, I like anytime like a former player comes in and coaches though, because I think there's a deeper connection there. I was definitely going, does he even know how, like, shit works when you're the head coach? Like, or is he asking somebody, like, all right, what do we do now? <laughs> well, so my, that, yeah. to that point, my first thought was, like, you know, he's never been a coach. I wonder if he even knows, even knows how to work, like, the headset. That was my thing. It's yeah. like, is, but, but to your point of guys wanting, you know, feeling – that connection with him and wanting to play for him, for him, excuse me. I saw that and how the Colts played. I thought they played a lot cleaner football, a lot more of a team Definitely. football. I mean, there was a touchdown. I can't remember which touchdown it was where there, I felt like the whole team was in the fucking end zone, just hyping each other up, which, you know, and again, you know, changing of the guard will always show what the team needs. And maybe Saturday is just that guy where it's like, hey, I'm here to support you guys. Look, you guys are running the team. I'm just the driver. That's all it is right now. Yeah. You're the engine. And maybe that's what it is. Again, I'm kind of, if you kind of hear how I'm talking about it, I, I kind of sway both ways, if you will. Um, and I think that's just because I kind of understand, I'm, I'm forcing myself to understand both sides of it. But, you know, to that, it was the Raiders. Raiders. Are yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that too. It, I mean, we can't really just Correct. give Saturday all the credit in the world. The Raiders are terrible this year. Gosh. But still, I mean, they pulled it out in the end and got the win. And like you said, it did seem like there was a change in energy. Um, he put Matt Ryan back in starting quarterback, which was a whole thing. Because I think uh, Frank Wright had gotten to a point of his job where he was starting to do things to just like save his job that probably yeah. weren't necessarily the right decisions, like. Uh, Sam Ellinger, the backup quarterback, he's not very good. He's very – he might be a rookie, but, like, that Colts-led team with him is like, all right, we're, like, we're not even competitive right now. And you're yeah. sitting a guy in Matt Ryan who we traded for. Grand, he hasn't played great either, but that's who you got, you know. So, I think Saturday kind of – with him coming in, gives everybody a fresh start, especially a guy like Matt Ryan. And it worked versus the Raiders. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to follow going forward. Uh, let's see how this Colts team finishes up, but they definitely looked like a more energetic team as a whole. Right. So Jeff Saturday, or, you know, we'll see what happens with the good old Colterinos. Um, but rolling into another shocker was the Monday night game last night, which, you know, I've been very critical of Monday night games and good Lord, the Thursday night games. Uh, this season, like, let's that's yeah. a segment. That's its own segment. That is a total segment. 
but it's been bad. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we did see the Commanders take down the Eagles, and something that I noticed throughout that game, just very briefly, was one: where the fuck did the Commanders come from? Seriously. And number two, and I, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, make my shout out now to Casey Tuhill and the Commanders defense. Casey Tuhill is a Cathedral Catholic alumni, uh, plays defensive end for the Commanders, but he is a part of a defense that held the Eagles, the undefeated team in the NFL, to 14 points through three quarters of football, which is a phenomenal feat. And to that point, the Eagles scored into, I think they were, I got it written down, through the second and third quarter. So they had a half of football where the commanders held the Eagles to 14 points, which, I mean, come on. That is, that, that in its, that in itself right there is a phenomenal feat against an undefeated team. So that's my, I saw that. I saw, I mean, there were a lot of things towards the end of the game which totally were crazy, but I mean that in itself <laughs> started off with that game was pretty remarkable. Um, well, first the crazy thing you're talking about the roughing the passer at the uh, end of the game or late hit or whatever that was. I mean, that was insane. Come on, dude. That's just so so bad. I mean, it's I, just like, what are we doing? <laughs> I just what, don't get it. What killed me was the way that Heineke got up and like. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, dude, he he did slide, and like the guy bumps him, and I was I was watching, I was like, is that? And then the flag comes out, and I was like, ah, you know, that's just like such a lame way to end the game. What really, what really killed? It me, was late, but like he barely even touched him. I don't know. What killed him like was it. this is my argument for that whole thing. As a referee, how do you tell a defender to stop there? I can't. Well, I think it, it was late, but, like, he didn't really hit him. <laughs> like, he kind of, like, is... fell into him and didn't even finish the fall. So this is, this is what I saw. I saw Heineke, like, run around and do some college shit and be like, okay, I'm going to take a knee now. Yay, I'm going to take a knee. Okay, take the knee. But as a defender, that that – defender i can't remember his well, name. right and that's the issue is i mean i don't know it's so like, on about it. it it just yeah i mean to, to the letter of the, the law of the nfl he slid gave himself up and it was probably like 1.2 seconds later the 55 came in and like nudged him so i get how because it it did look like late but it wasn't, you know, I, I don't know. Once you start calling that, I don't, I think it's really just weak shit. And I don't, I don't like football to be played like that, but in terms of the commanders of uh, being the Eagles, totally didn't see that coming at all. No, I, no. I have been a commanders non-believer the entire year. And if you watch another Thursday night spectacle of the commanders bears, you'd go, wow, those two are like, they're meant for each other. Right. Maybe they could tie zero zero for the next ten years. Right. <laughs> but the commanders have figured out something. And they're getting Chase Young back next week, I believe. 
who is going to be a big uh, spark plug to that defense. I like Tyler or Taylor Heineke. I like him. I'm not sure what he does well, but the guys love playing for him, and they keep winning with him back there. It's not like he's throwing up crazy numbers, but honestly, sometimes if a team just plays together, like you don't have to have all the stats yourself. If you're just having, uh, you know, if you're making key plays at key times um, and you're doing what it takes to score points, you don't have to put up like 300 yards and three touchdowns if you're the quarterback. And I think that's what we're seeing with the commanders. And uh, on, and on the other end, the Eagles were eight now and people were starting to talk about the undefeated season. And I think, and based on how they played versus the Texans too, I, I think that started to get to their head for sure. I agree. Um, you know, like they could talk about being humble and like, oh, next week, or we're focused on the next week all they want. But the way they're playing is like they're just expecting at some point we're going to win this game right. instead of just playing the game and executing plays like they were the first uh, seven games. But the last two games, they have faltered a little. They still score points, but they're they're not the dominant team we were seeing at the beginning of the year. So that'll be interesting to follow as they now took an L versus somebody they should have beat for sure. Um and see if they can I mean I'm sure they will pull it together, but it's interesting how the dynamics of a season can play out like that where you know you have a lot of success and then since you've had that success you kind of change how you play the game at right. insert, without even knowing it. So that was interesting. Horrible roughing the passer call or whatever they called. And uh, that was that on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, it's – I'm just happy that, you know, the Commanders won that game, especially with all the shit that's going on the outside of the Commanders right now. But, you know, just yeah. – I, I kind of – I think it shows how much those guys like Ron Rivera too. And, you know, it, it just – I'm happy for the Commanders. I'm glad that they – kind of put a stomp on the uh on the eagles but to your point is if you're undefeated you need to play like you're undefeated every week and they have started to falter that a little bit and uh, i think ron rivera's mom passed away yeah they i mean that win meant a lot to him and you can tell there's there's very solid unity within the team and coaching staff it's very cohesive once you go into the front office it's a total disaster but hopefully they sell the team pretty soon (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but good for Ron Rivera. Happy to see a former Bear, you know, doing it, doing it big. But now going into college football, the game that we picked out to discuss was bananas. <laughs> Oregon, Washington, oh in Oregon. Man, talk about and kind of similar oh, to the, the Eagles, uh, Commanders deal with uh one team being better than the other but the other team leaving the other in the game yeah. i felt like that was oregon pretty much the whole time but really what has to be discussed is something that i'll never understand is the game's tied with less than two minutes to play and oregon's on their own 35 let's say give oh, or take God. and they, it's fourth and one and they like to go for it, don't get it. And it was another one of these situations where they called a timeout, and I go, all right, now you got to punt it, right? No, no, we're just going to run the ball up the middle. 
doesn't get it and i'm going what are you doing what it's just crazy how these coaches like outdo themselves punt the ball you're the number six team in the nation right like what do you why would you ever it's like and if you don't get it guess what they're already in field goal range so they don't get it and then the defense gets a three and out and they're still in field goal range because you gave them the ball in field goal range oh my god so look, I want, I want to talk about that coaching decision right there because it's like that's why you lost the game, right? And that like, and you're in you're in contention for the top four teams in the nation. Like that's right. why you play the season to get in that thing and hopefully win the national championship. And you're fucking around with Washington at home. When the game's tied and you're on the other side of the 50, it just – oh, it was cr- – I'm not an Oregon fan, but I was upset because I'm going, that's just bad. Like, you're just not smart. It's just not that hard. Put the fucking ball. I don't – I don't – I'm at a loss for words because – and that's how I was during the game. I'm going, what kind of fucking decision is this? it's like you said, hunt the ball. It's, it's not that difficult. And also that simple, you know, I don't know even, okay. Let's just say you're going for it on fourth and one you've, you have, you're dying on that Hill, right? To me, what kind of fucking play call was that? I mean, if you look at Washington's defense, they are reading the run. (laughs) <laughs> They're running the football, no questions about it. There were three guys behind the O line when the ball got when the when he handed the ball off, and then he slipped. Like, dude, hey, David, he lost like three yards. He just went, <laughs> like, come on, man. So, like you said, I think it, very reminiscent of the Eagles and the Commanders game. If you are you are playing to put yourself and you said it playing every week to put yourself into a position to play at the top tier of your game. And to do that bullshit, that is a horrible, horrible coaching move. Saturday wouldn't have even made that move as a coach. And no, no way. Because it's, and here's what bothers me. I don't know if this is a thing. But if, like, the analytics tell you to go for it there, it's like, no, dude. You're on your own 30. I don't care if 70% of the time you can get one yard. If you're in the 30%, you're going to lose the game. I don't know if that was the case there. I mean, at least you have something to cop out there if it was. But if it's your own personal decision, first of all, you don't have to win the game at that moment. No. At that moment. I mean, there's so much time left. Right. case scenario. They drive like 80 yards on you and then they kick a field goal or score a touchdown. Hey, tip your cap, they beat you. But you made you still made the right choice playing the ball. Right. Um, more likely than not, you might get the ball back or you go to overtime and then take your chances there. You're the better team. Right. So it it's just odd that you pick that moment specifically with your starting quarterback out of the game. He's not even taking the snap. To try to win the game. Right. If you're on the 50, then maybe. I'm still probably thinking, like, eh, 
Like it would make more sense though. But when you're on your like if the if there's a possibility that you don't get it and they now benefit greatly from it and might win the game, you don't do it. It's just that simple. Well, and also like and and again, I, I'm not a college coach, but I'm thinking, you know, you work you're trying Maybe to Maybe we should. Right. Oregon might have some positions opening. Right. But you know, to that point, like you're just trying you're trying to get the first down. But if not, you know what? What I what I would do, what I would have done was, all right, look, if we're gonna go for it, this is what I'm being told. Vince Lombardi's ghost is telling me to fucking go for it on fourth and one. I'm throwing a bomb and I'm telling the quarterback, if it's not there, throw the pick. Because then that's just a punt. That that is just throw the pick. Just it, it, just throw it to one of their fucking guys. Make it so our guy just throw the pick. Make it a punt. And that's an asinine comment. I'll say it. You should have just punted it. But you know, if you're gonna really try for it, make a fucking real play decision and not here you go. And then have your running back just Yeah, just expecting a lane to open up on fourth and one. No. Talk about asinine. I mean, yeah, it might work. It's a yard, but you still gotta get it. Right. And they didn't. Right. And now it now you're a two loss team in the Pac twelve and you're not going to be in the top four now. So right. you, you lost the season based on a stupid decision versus oh, Washington. Totally. Who no, they're no slouch, but it's still like they they were ranked 25 going into that week. It's like you got to have your sights set on something bigger than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know Kendon, who was in the. All right. Episode 24, filled with football. What's new? NFL. We got the Bills Vikings, maybe game of the century. Polar Bear took it on the chin. Thanks right. to Josh Allen not being able to get the snap. And it was tough to watch. It's tough when your friends are in the battle. And, uh, you know, it doesn't affect you, but you know it affects the friends. <laughs> appreciate That's that. That's how I felt, Polar Bear. Oh, I, I appreciate that. It was very reminiscent of what Kansas city does. And, you know, Kansas city's good. They play good all the way until that fucking end. And then they, Oh, let's just kind of fuck around a little bit, boys. And that's <laughs> yeah. what happened. Just an unbelievable finish to that game. Yeah. Vikings win. They're eight and one, potentially uh, a threat in the NFC. Super Bowl threat, I should say. They're definitely a threat. Uh, Justin Fields, another tally on the, I'm a good quarterback <laughs> rack. Love that for him. He's an exceptional, exceptional player for the old Bears there. And, uh, you know, I'm happy you got that that little nugget of gold as a Bears fan. Yes. It's, uh, you know, it keeps me coming back, thank, thankfully. Otherwise, I think we'd be on the same level with the Texans. Uh, one way <laughs> with no hope in sight. Oh, man. But we played the Falcons this week. And honestly, I think he does it again. Why wouldn't I? He's been we're we're on like week six in a row here, so All right. fired up on that. Jeff Saturday is a new interim coach of the Indianapolis Colts. They take down the Raiders because everyone takes down the Raiders, and he's one and zero, and the dudes are playing for him. So we're very curious to see how that uh, unfolds going forward. But Jim Mercy might be onto something, Polar Bear. I don't know. We'll see. And Commanders, the Washington Commanders. Uh, ruined the Philadelphia Eagles' perfect season. 
last Monday night in a surprise W. And as Polar Bear mentioned, shout out to Cathedral and Stanford alum, Casey Duell, with the game-ending touchdown, actually, if you watch it until the end. That's so, right, baby. Hopefully he kept that ball because that is sweet. No matter how you get it, you got it. That's right. And then closing out in college football, what the hell is Oregon doing? I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I won't even say Oregon. I'll say the coach of Oregon. That was his deal. Well, He's going to look in the mirror and go, yeah, I went for it on arm 30. What are you going to do about maybe it? The, maybe <laughs> the pass coach after this week. I'm sure the Chargers coach called him up and was like, keep doing what you're doing, man. I love what you're doing. I would have <laughs> done the same thing. I'm sure you would have, Staley. I'm sure you would have. Um, but, yeah, that was what we covered this week. We also have the movie villain snake draft coming out. That's right. So that is electric content with our guest, Doc Ryan and Kendon. And we want to hear who you think is the best, who's got the best roster. That's right. So, Polar what else you got for the uh, people? Well, you know, just get ready because more football is coming because we are deep, deep, deep in the season. But as Mrs. we're right in the sweet spot of uh, football right. season because it's not over yet and it's not just started yet. We have like so much to look forward to. So this is a special time for me and the polar bear. That's right. And if you are doing horribly or exceptionally in your fantasy teams, you know, you're, this is the juicy spot of the season where you really, you got to dig deep and you got to, you got to grind it out. So, and that's what I'm feeling. So welcome to my hell. But um, yeah, uh, you know, as uh, Mr. Peanut mentioned, we will have our um, top five movie villain snake draft coming out, which is going to be an exceptional, exceptional drop for us. We will be having uh, some type of poll where we'll have everybody on our Instagram be able to rank the uh, top draft picks, if you will, um, per, uh, you know, Doc ryan and mr peanut and myself and uh kenan ken what did i call him Kendon. yeah you nailed it i did um i almost called him his brother's name which (laughs) that would be a classic move that would have been but (laughs) nonetheless uh that's going to be exceptional coming out again continue to interact with our page linkedin or uh, link tree get on our uh, blogs that we've been posting as well and we love it baby come on Hey now, for episode 24, Sports Banter, we out. See ya.